Sure feels like dry January was a year ago. <laughs> yeah, it does feel like a long time ago. And it's just dry out in general. <laughs> we were discussing that yesterday. We are we are in we are in the middle almost of first Phil February. Yeah. It's whiskey. A way better Hashtag month. FFS. <laughs> dry January. Episode number eight. Of season two. Season two. Yep. Um, we're going a little slow. We've we've waited another extra week which seems to be a challenge it always seems like we just did we love doing the podcast but it does feel like oh we just did one um and then i look and it was a long time ago ago. yeah so and we yeah it's going to be hard to we need to figure out how to crank out another one this month too and if we are struggling to get episodes out during a time (laughs) during a six seven week period when we really weren't doing any massive traveling or uh, it wasn't the holidays, it wasn't OND, it wasn't, uh, we're in trouble. So Charles wants to, while he's in Japan, he wants to Zoom um, with the time change and do a podcast over Zoom with me for all of you to hear. And my immediate response was, yeah, like that's going to happen. I I don't see why not. (laughs) You're going to be so tired. After traveling around all day in Japan, visiting distilleries, the last thing you're going to want to do is talk about anything. I can talk about my <laughs> my distillery visit of the day. I mean, what better way to do it? I don't know. Well, TBD. Okay. We'll see. if We do have a lot of travel coming up, so if it's something we can really pull off, that would be cool, but let's not get our hopes up. Okay. <laughs> Just another thing for us to figure Holly out. Holly shoots me down again. <laughs> well, let's let's taste the whiskey. Maybe that'll make you feel better. <laughs> I don't know. I've kind of been telling myself I need a day off of whiskey. It's you probably been... do, but I picked a special one, so just drink it. <laughs> she is blind tasting me today. For those of you who have no idea what we're doing. Oh, by the way, this is a podcast. This is It's Whiskey, for fuck's sake, um, podcast. We didn't yeah. really first say that. Yeah, First Fill Spirits. Yeah, are, First Fill Spirits. We have a shop in Saratoga Springs. Come visit us. Check us out online. It sounds like we were just rambling about <laughs> nothing. Like, we're and then all of a sudden tired. you're like, drink whiskey. You'll be better. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing. I'm pretty sure that everyone that comes across this podcast has had a whiskey neat before. Yes. My, just my my first So thought. part of what we do in this podcast is one of us blind tastes the other. And today it's Holly's turn to blind taste mm-hmm. me. And one of the things we continue to realize is how difficult it is <laughs> to figure out what the heck these whiskeys are. But also how important it is to do this to yourself uh, from time to time, the torture is real, mm-hmm. uh, but the education, the uh, memory, senses, everything that you use when you're blind tasting is so much more um, focused than when you're just drinking drams regularly, I think. Yeah. But, um, so no, my it's... initial thought with this, I smelled it even when you were pouring it. Yeah, from it did afar, kind of explode um, from the bottle. Is I'm definitely getting some sherry notes on this. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know what type of sherry yet. I'm not thinking um, it's got a, Pedro Jimenez at all, but I'm thinking more kind of grassy a, <clears throat> undertone. Yeah, I haven't tasted it, but I've been nosing it a little bit. And my initial mm. thought is scotch, uh, single malt, sherry, but 
I will taste it in a bit here. Mm. All right. Well, we have been busy with some tastings. Oh, it's sticky. I've I have not had this whiskey yet. So I'm enjoying so it. So is it a royal brocla? <laughs> is royal brocla <laughs> sticky? I don't know. It kind of came to my mind when I I think sometimes royal mm-hmm. brocla can be sticky. Yeah. Well, and actually, um, it's getting stickier because they raised the ABV. <laughs> so it went from the original releases were 40% up to 46%. So if you found it Ooh, sticky. Oh, that's a really nice whiskey. So it's something that I think, yeah, was worth sipping. Wow. Tonight wow. or this evening. Okay. All right. Um, so we'll, we'll work back. on that. But it's been actually all <laughs> North American tastings that we've been doing. No. Found last, North. Oh, our local tastings. Yes. Yeah. We had an amazing. Well, we did Burns Night. So we did have a Scotch whiskey night. Look, I don't even remember what we talked about in the last one. So Burns Night. Yes. What did we drink? We had six amazing whiskeys from the Scotch Bar <laughs> oh, Whiskey yes. Society. I took some videos of that. Yes. Yep. Incredible. Yeah, those were really that great. That lineup, the, not not one disappointed in oh, any way. That was my favorite. I was, everyone liked the Young Glenn <clears throat> Farkless. Um, Which, oh, I mean, really hard good. to not love yeah, Glenn Farkless. Especially Glenn a bourbon Farkless. matured, yeah. right. I always loved the McKellen matured. The Ardnamurkin was fantastic. The five-year yeah. Ardnamurkin. Oh, I liked the Tobermory. The Tobermory 15-year was great. Also, that Blair Athol, the one that they released mm-hmm. for Burns Night, um, the Dunnage. Oh, my goodness. That was fantastic as well. Yeah. They, they were all very good whiskeys. Yeah, that was awesome. That was, well, I guess was... it's good then that we shifted to North America because we had our... Yeah, so, so far this fix. year, we've done Bardstown Bourbon Company, mm-hmm. Burns Night, which was more whiskeys that we collected. And then this last week, we did Barrel. No, found uh, north. Excuse me, found north. <laughs> Jeez. So Canadian. Already thinking about next week. Uh, yeah, so Canada. With um, Nick Taylor, with one Nick of the Taylor. founders. That was incredible. He came, and Nick is just such a wealth of knowledge, and so exciting to see him be so um, enthused with this new brand that he's created with his brother. Yeah, quite an undertaking. Yeah. Buying all that whiskey and I mean, trusting your, your palate and your gut. Talk about and... diving in both feet. You know, I mean, we did that with the shop. His starting that business is no different. Yeah. You know, true passion project. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know what? He said something that reminded me of, I mean, it would be different, obviously, because he owns the brand and, of course, is very, you know, believes wholeheartedly in what he's designing and and creating. But I remember working on brands and, and he made that comment that he doesn't drink anything outside of blending for found north you know and it's that's what would happen when i would work with a brand i would you know you're out you're doing tastings you're doing classes you're you know and you're drinking the same thing and you don't drink anything else and that was one of the reasons i wanted to get away from that and have the shop was because i was missing out and kind of falling behind on all of these other whiskeys that i really cared about and loved following and wanted to try and so i i felt his i mean he didn't look pained by any means but it it clicked to me that that's how i used to feel working on on brands so um you know power to him though he's obviously creating great blends those whiskeys so we did an incredible vertical uh with the saratoga whiskey club just a couple of days ago and um we did batches one through six which are the 
six releases that are out right now for found north whiskey and if you haven't heard of found north definitely go online and check out their website Uh, we have a few bottles here in the shop but um, just to kind of get a sense of like what they're doing they're doing you know some incredibly older barrels of rye canadian rye whiskey some really awesome high corn uh, blends so it's just really a, a, a vast array but we had one of our members, <clears throat> and I'll give him a shout out, um, Shalombo, or Shalom, uh, that we call him here. Thanks, Shalom. Um, he was at the tasting, and he's been to, I don't know, at least 100 tastings with the Saratoga Whiskey Club, if not more. And he said it was one of his top three tastings ever. And I was mm-hmm. like, wow. I mean, yeah. that says something right there. It was Canadian whiskey. It was Canadian. You know, which I know. people kind of foo-foo at. I think that was so cool. And I think everybody who was there that night was blown away. Was blown away. Yeah. Um, and we were when we tasted batches one and two a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they were awesome. So it's fun to see the progression. Um, we're excited for the new releases and the single barrels that they're doing now. Um, but yeah, definitely check them out. One to watch. Mm-hmm. One to watch. And also kind of a COVID startup. You yeah, know, you for hear sure. about all of they these launched in 2021 people that, yeah. you know, like us decided this is the time and uh, live or die. <laughs> Do it now. <laughs> so Please live and please let's live. go. That's right. um, so, but barrel is next. So keep on is theme next week. of yes, North American. Yes. Um, but we will have a Canadian whiskey in That's that true. mix. Yeah. A 24 year old Canadian. So it'll be fun to compare that after found north as well um but we'll be mostly in the bourbon and rye zone the american bourbon and rye yeah i we we definitely need to up our um scotch and irish and new world tasting game i know it's so easy to get back into american whiskey all the time i mean that's what well these are brand tastings though so we had opportunities to you know these are hot brands doing awesome stuff and we have you know top brand ambassadors and founders and yeah. i think we just wanted to come out of the gate yeah. pretty no they know, were pretty incre- solid they, they've for all been incredible i mean my goodness but no, yeah nobody. we should get back into I'll, I'll i'll actually start looking around and i mean we have some great ones but sourcing some new world stuff there's one that i've had my eye on out in california so maybe cool. we'll yeah we'll We'll start working on that. Um, but then we did just plan a, a Whiskey 101. So we're going to get back to basics a bit in early March with a seminar where we're doing um, some scotch matured in bourbon and sherry to see those comparisons, a peated scotch, uh, an Irish single grain, a bourbon and a rye. So, you know, sometimes we get a little overloaded with, you know, tasting notes and age and blending and and all that stuff is great but sometimes it's nice to take a step back get back to basics and you know okay column distillation pot distillation you know fermentation you know what is actually happening in the barrel just getting back to each country their heritage why they do things the way they do and i think that'll set us up for success for some more tastings throughout the year i agree yeah um I'm excited for that tasting, and not only is it just kind of your your in, not intro, but your explanation of how whiskey is made, basically. But we're pulling out some really great whiskey. Yeah, it turned for that out to too. be an awesome. It's not <laughs> just a, a seminar for for beginners by any means. Uh, so 
who knows? Maybe we'll we'll get a lot of a lot of people interested in that one. Hopefully. So. So those are kind of that's kind of how our whiskey weeks have been. Well, on top of that, up. we've had blind January, blind <laughs> February. We've had New York Adventure Club. We've had Henry Please. Street Tap Room yep. here in Saratoga tastings. I mean, my goodness, did Big Rascal and Thorn dinner this last weekend. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just been nonstop. Yeah, you've been busy. So um, it's the way it goes. <laughs> But we did get a few bottles into the shop. Mm-hmm. Not a lot. It's been one of those, you know, this is kind of our quiet season. Get back to ground zero a little bit after the holidays and kind of put a strategy together for 2023. And that's what we've done this last month. You know, we're really going to focus on making this shop be filled with some really cool stuff that, you know, we, we, we bring in as quickly as we can and so we're setting ourselves up for that right Mm -hmm. now so we've been a little slow on ordering but it's for the good it's for the good of the rest of the year yeah (laughs) but we did get a couple like the new rosse which will be in the whiskey 101 class so you'll get to try a very very new scotch whiskey release high west single malt high country which i'm really pumped to try i set one aside for a class that we're going to do with that um And then did get back in some bottles that we've had before or a while ago that we just love, that we wanted to get back in the mix and didn't realize were still available. The Murray McDavid Krigalaki 8-Year-Old, which is just a juice apple bomb. Um, The Tipperary uh, Rioja finish on their single malt. Uh, What's it called? Oh, yeah, St. Patrick's Day is coming up soon. So um, just getting back on that Irish... Irish path and then the Firkin 10 speaking of Royal Brockla the Firkin Madeira cask Royal Brockla which we both got to taste and was awesome um I had no idea that that would still that was a single cask I don't know why that's still available maybe it was held for someone at the distributor they didn't take it and so we grabbed some of that too you know speaking of St. Patrick's Day which is not too far away um this kind of falls into the news, I guess, area. But I did just see how horribly uh, sounding it was. But Conor McGregor is releasing an, another Irish whiskey with that's Apple. It's going to be his, you know. I thought he sold the brand. No, I he's just saw involved? he's still involved. He's oh. coming he's out with an, a, with an Apple-flavored <laughs> Irish whiskey. Are the Irish known for apples? I have... You you got me. I have no idea. I, I just thought that. it was quite something to read that the other huh. day, and all I hear is like the lawsuits that are against. Well, you know, um, Jameson came out last. I think it was last year. They're Jameson Orange. I don't know what these people are thinking. Like, I mean, I, yeah, I get it. People like flavor stuff. Scene, it's another Ooh. shot opportunity. You know, it's not our realm. That's a... So it's... Pro- it, I think it is part of the proper 12, I think. It's I, probably for shots. I bet you it's to compete in that shot yeah, category. Yeah, it just, just makes me... I have a hard time with that. I still have not had the Jameson Orange. Oh. <laughs> no? Don't, don't rush. It's not even whiskey. It's, it's like 30%. Oh, okay. It's just like orange-flavored light distillate. Hmm underperforming i don't know what i'd rather have apple or orange whiskey mm. i don't know uh, <laughs> i think i'd stick to my bottle of water all right <laughs> maybe drink what i poured you that's definitely not infused yeah with and i have tasted it now it's beautiful 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 whiskey 
Um, I'm having a little bit of a difficulty, though, <clears throat> honing in on a distillery. Uh, That's hard, though. I yeah, mean. but um, in my opinion, it's a it's a sherry single malt, um, single cask. It's it's got to be mid mid fifties ABV. Yeah, this is just what I needed on a Friday afternoon. It's delicate. It's well, actually, it might not be that hot. Maybe around closer to 50. I don't know. This is, I got to think mm -hmm. of that. Sometimes with sherry, and again, I don't know if this is sherry. I'm guessing it's sherry. Sometimes sherry brings a spiciness that makes you think mm -hmm. it's hotter than it really is also. Yeah, and a, so, a boldness to it, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I was talking to somebody at Tasting last night. Um, you know, there's always this confusion, and this kind of segues into our distillery focus, but there's always this confusion of what makes a whiskey smoky. You know, is it some people, you know, don't realize that it's peat, mm -hmm. you know, that that starts from the very beginning of the process. And, you know, a lot of people think it's, oh, it's the barrel or it's some other part of the process. But, mm -hmm. you know, we had this discussion last night, and, but with certain barrels and with certain, I think, especially like fortified wine casks, Oloroso in particular. Um, you yeah. can get some smoke. Mm -hmm. It's not peat by any means. But it's it is earth. smoke. Yeah, it's you know, like a it's like an earthy, smoke yeah. earth. Yeah. So it can be confusing. I mean, mm -hmm. not that this has any of that. Well, and some people are doesn't. so sensitive to any of that, right. and and all of the nosing and tasting kits too. Uh, smoke is separate from peat. They are two. Even though you are smoking the peat to get that peated flavor, we, you know, even I should really start to separate it. Like smoke is different than peat smoke. But so many people say smoky whiskey when they're talking about peat. I know. Yeah. I do. I mean, just because I yeah. assume that the person well, I'm talking to... that's a way to, to generalize, you know, do you want any sort of smoke, peat, whatever, or just fruit? Yeah. You know, we know to stay away from some distilleries. So, I mean, I guess it is a way to generalize, but... They're always separated. Smoke is different than than uh, than peat. Yeah, it's it can be tricky, um, but definitely I find that in Oloroso, not necessarily Pedro Jimenez or some no, of the Pedro sweeter. No, Pedro Jimenez has got yeah much sweeter kind of but sugary. Madeira sometimes, but Oloroso I'll get some See, of these getting, wisps I've, of of earth or I, soot. I definitely or, don't think this is Pedro Jimenez, but. I definitely get more of a richness. And again, it, could, it might be another kind of wine cast, too. Mm -hmm. it, it might not even be sherry. Um, I don't know. This is a tough one. You know, maybe it, it kind of almost, oh, maybe this is what this is. I don't know. But it almost, I remember when we were at Tobermory, mm -hmm. we were in the warehouse there, and we had a wine barrel. I think it was, was it Bordeaux or Burgundy? I don't remember. It was... But it was delicious. Mm -hmm. I think it was a little darker than this, though. I don't know. Maybe she's throwing out an Aberfeldy here on us, too. Oh, Aberfeldy. <laughs> With some sherry notes. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Oh, good old days. Well, <laughs> our our distillery focus for today is is almost a distillery I didn't want to discuss because I worry about them becoming extremely popular <laughs> and because of this podcast they might <laughs> become extremely popular it's gonna yeah. explode 
They're going to be, damn it, first fill. What the <laughs> hell were you No, thinking? they're going to say, you guys are amazing, and now you get none of our product. Yeah, great. And all the IBs. It's kind of the... like Springbank, right? <laughs> you know, we, we blew them We were up. there first. <laughs> <laughs> we were there first. We launched all of these companies. <laughs> I can't believe I can't we didn't launch Springbank, but you know, I just saw the other day that they're hiring for a bottling hall manager, and I was like, I oh. should probably just supply. <laughs> Great. Now she tells me in front of everybody. Just work my way up to CEO of Springbank and give it all to First Fill Spirits. Great. There you go. Yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. From bottle hall manager. Yeah. I did see. Yeah. Well, I don't want to get into that. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> let's let's keep focusing. Bunahaben. Yes, bunny, sometimes called a buna. Um, yeah, the, it can be tricky to pronounce, but again, Gaelic just kind of rush the la, the tricky parts. Bunahaben, you know, so uh, that B and that H, because it's spelled B-U-N-N-A-H-A-B-H-A-I-N. Bunahaben, and you just rush it, it'll come out of your mouth perfectly, and it means foot of the river. So... Right to the point. <laughs> it is right on the coast, so it's yeah. on Isla. Um, but this is one of the distilleries that is not known for their peated whiskey. So, you know, it's on that island. You have Lagavulin, Lafroig, Ardbeg, um, Kilhoman distilleries, Bowmore, that are known for their heavy, heavy peat smoke. Um, but Bunahaven, Brooklodic, um, Coila too, some of them have really specialty lines of unpeated, but Bunahaven is actually more known for their unpeated malt, I would say. Um, so we love their core distillery releases, but we tend to get very excited when we see it in an independent bottling, both the peated and unpeated. Yeah, I mean, you're starting to see... Um the price of the core go up too. Mm -hmm. I've noticed like with the 18, the 18 to me was always just this incredible whiskey. And if there was a special occasion or if you were going over to somebody's house for a dinner party and you really wanted to bring a special whiskey, you know, back in the day, the 18 was one of those perfect, beautiful whiskeys because Fruity. again, yeah. you know, people think, oh, it's from Isla, maybe it's going to be smoky, and then they taste it and they're like, wow, this mm -hmm. is elegant, uh, fruity, it's beautiful. And the, back in the day, it was, you know, you could find it for like just over $100, you know, maybe 110 something like that, but which is not cheap, but again, talking special occasion, but now, <laughs> I mean... The 18 is closer to, you know, it's up there. I haven't looked at it it's in a while. It's up there. It's it's like closer to, to $200 now. When well, they're definitely pushing their non-age statements, which are good. So it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but where you're finding some of the best value and incredible bottles are the independent bottlings. You know, we have a few here in the shop and we've had a number over the past year and a half now that just were outstanding um especially if you like peated malt because peated yeah. malt is is more expensive than right. unpeated most releases are just more expensive and so we've had a couple from signatory uh black adder, black adder yeah. with having a peated bunahaben so you still get that fruit core of bunahaben distillery but with their heavy heavy peat smoke and you can get it for a pretty solid price and they tend to be really good at a young age we see too, yeah so. i mean um yeah the stawisha um the 
Yeah, I mean, Boonhaven's just a special place. It's a special location. I think people location. can tell we like them. <laughs> it's um, one of my favorite distilleries mm -hmm. in, in general. Um, you know, I, I love a lot of the distilleries on Isla a lot. Um, you know, I'm a big Brooklady fan, and I've, I've loved Lagavulin and, you know, Ardbeg, Lafroy, you, all of them, Beaumont. Mm -hmm. But <clears throat> Boonhaven, I don't know, it has this old school... You it's know, Victorian, yes. Style. I mean, even though they did do some renovations here recently, um, and I, I'm a little worried about seeing what it's going to look like now. Sure. But um, I don't know. All of the experiences I've had there have just been this really true to earth, mm. you know, wonderful memory. So I don't know. Good stuff. I remember when I went to the first time I visited Bunahaben, it's a little off the beaten path from, you know, if you're staying around Beaumont and and it was a one lane road and it was pretty treacherous with trucks coming to and from Bunahaben. Um and I got there, I was running a little bit late. I had just come from a pretty massive um Lagavulin visit. You know, very Diageo, main, not mainstream, but, you know, have a visitor center, very set up for tourists. And I get to Bunahaven and I'm taking, immediately you're captured by the water because it's it's kind of tricky Beautiful to get spot. to right on the water, has a dock. So I'm taking photos, you know, clear blue sky. And I'm like, okay, I got to stop. And I run in and I it was kind of hard to find where the tour even started. Yeah. It was up these stairs with this door that said, <laughs> I think it said distillery tour room and I open the door and it's this little room carpeted floors a little shop with some keychains and some bottles and two older men drinking whiskey standing behind the counter waiting for me <laughs> that's basically what it was and I said this is amazing yes I mean sometimes those are the best experiences right <laughs> and they said just slow down like no worries we want a whiskey and I was immediately offered Bunahaben 12 so yeah. Which it is was, a great whiskey as well. Yeah. Uh, the Bunahaven 12 is fantastic. So they were founded in 1881. So in that late 1800s wave that a lot on the mainland uh, were founded as well. And ship was going to be a massive way of transport at that time. So, you know, Isla, Campbelltown as well. Boat was great. You know, you had access, you had docks. So railroads and things like that obviously being built but this would have been very accessible now it's not as easy uh, but it would have been very accessible and a great spot to build the distillery and has been handed through many many different owners but is currently owned by distel uh, which is a south african company um, and they own a couple other distilleries as well um, distel owns i have it listed in here charles but you probably Tobermory, what are the other ones? Um, uh, geez. Um, I know, I thought I had it written oh, in uh, here. Wolf, Wolfburn. No, they're not Distel. Did yeah, they, they are. Did Distel buy them? South African, right? Well, but Wolfburn is South African owners, but independent. Oh, it's not Distel? Oh, okay. No, but they are a group. Oh, who else is in it? Well, just Google it. <laughs> Bunahaben, Tobermory. Oh, I'm missing some, probably some big ones. Charles is going to look it up. Um, and they did used to make peated malt like most distilleries did, but got rid of their malting floors and got away from that in in the 60s and started using unpeated malt. Um, 
here and there you would find single malt releases, but their main function was to go into blends. So some that they would have gone into and maybe still do are Famous Grouse, Cuddy Sark, and what they're known for is Black Bottle, which is owned by Distel as well. And I actually, if you like peated malts, uh, Black Bottle is awesome. Um, and it's, That's I think, still like $30. very much um, revered bottle on Isla. Um, it's great. All of the people that work there drink mm. that. That's what they love. So in the 80s, we saw them start to come back. I guess their marketing campaign was the unpronounceable malt, which you could say that about a lot of Scotch whiskey distilleries. And yes, like Charles said, they have made some renovations in the last few years. So I'm not sure what their what their new visitor center would look like, but it definitely was a distillery that didn't get cleaned that often. So those are the distilleries that tend to be tend to be the best. Um, if you scroll down and find Distel and click on Distel, we're on scotchwhiskey.com. Well, these are the distilleries and brands. Mm-hmm. Well, there's some other ones. I think everyone can just Google it. <laughs> Yeah, we don't need to. It is a smaller conglomerate of brands, that's for sure. Um, man, I'm going to kick they myself. They own a lot of I brands, you know, obviously in other parts too. of the yeah. the world. So, mm -hmm. um, so uh, say lovey. Lots of French brands. <laughs> so there, <laughs> if it doesn't state a specific name, so if it just says Bunahaben Twelve, and some of their non-age statements as well, but if you really want to know if it's peated. Uh, there's a couple different names that you'll look for on the bottle. Um, Moina and Steosha uh, mean that they're peated. Uh, Moina is what they typically will use on their distillery releases to denote that it's peated. This is what I have read. Um, it's not directly from Bunahaben. And Steosha is exactly the same process as Moina, but it's what they use for the name for independent bottlers when they sell peated Bunahaben to independent bottlers. So we have Steosha's on our shelf from Signatory and Blackadder. Um, a Moina, though, as well. And it's a pretty high peat level. Um, Deanston. Deanston. Yeah. Yeah, Deanston. It came to me before I saw it, too. <laughs> Tobermory. I wasn't, a... I wasn't willing to say it yet, but yeah, Deanston. Okay. Yeah, so a small group, you know, these are not massive and distilleries. And fantastic, too. A little funky, guess. yeah, but good. Um, so their peat level is 35 to 40 parts per million, which is, is up there. I mean, that's oh, yeah. one of your standard kind of Isla parts per million. But they say that it retains, it's peated, it's smoky, but it retains that fruity quality that we love from Bunahaben because they're stills are taller and have more copper contact and how they run their stills, which you have shorter squatter stills at Lafroig and at Lagavulin. So uh, that's what how they claim that they are able to have that same Isla peat smoke level, but to still have that fruity quality to it. And then they also have um, Toy Teach, which mm -hmm. is their non-age statement peated. Um, and then the rest, their Stuyador 12, 18 are unpeated. You know, even with the unpeated um, Buna, what I like about it <clears throat> is you still have, it's still Isla, you know? I mean, it, it, you, you recognize mm -hmm. Isla. It's, it's, you know, there's obviously unpeated whiskey made all over Scotland, but, you know, uh, you know, Brooklady, the classic Lottie, yes, you get that as well in a different way. Mm -hmm. 
but more with, salinity yeah, yeah but even with buna though there is this there is a salinity mm -hmm. too it's it's an there's an isla flavor there a vibe it's, to it yeah, yeah it's um it's, it's hard coastal to, it's got a coastal but it's vibe not, to it. it you you can't compare that though to other coastal non-peated whiskeys though i mean they're not right. a lot of it's them, not briny but, yeah it's more um, of a you know i think of i mean oven has a little bit of, of uh, peat so but i mean even the buna has I, I i wouldn't be surprised if there's a tiny tiny percentage similar to oven you know yeah um, i mean they're but, i have seen people <clears throat> note that there's three parts per million or right. i mean maybe maybe there is if in yeah. do scientists and blenders believe that we can as consumers actually pick that up i don't know or is you know well people pick it up with oban which is and, yeah and oban is less than one percent but a lot peat. of people think oban is not peated i know but some people are like whoa there's i'm getting smoke. yeah and so I'm like what like but I mean, in general you would you recommend if you like unpeated you would recommend yes the bunahaven right. unpeated so oh, it's sure. not i mean bunahaven 12 is perfect for in you know beginner whiskey drinker, um, uh, even an experienced whiskey drinker, it's a great just dram. It's it's really nice. Um, yeah, I mean even even those uh, non-age statement ones are great. So go ahead, just ruin Bunahaven for us, everyone. Just start buying yeah, it, I and mean, the price will go up as soon as we upload this. Um, <laughs> Just Kaboom. say forget it. Kaboom. Forget it. We will have to look for a new distillery. You know, I mean, we'll, we're, we're going to take one distillery at a time <laughs> and blow them up. Yeah, we should have talked a lot Not of crap about them, it. blow them up, but, yeah. you know, make them popular. Well, First fill. It's going to be, they're going to, everybody's going to be like, damn it, hashtag FFS. They made that brand explode. Damn it, damn it. Damn it. Yep. Okay. All right. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> do you want to talk about your dram or do you want to go right uh, into... You know, Our news will be quick. Our news is more of a, yeah, a topic. Yeah, let's talk about the dram because some people are probably already checking out. Okay. As we you know, babble and blabble about Bunahaven. <laughs> I think we just like saying it. Um, I'm not going to like make an educated guess on this. It's going to be more just a gut instinct. Yeah, and what you like about it too. I definitely like the mouthfeel of this. It, it reminds me a lot of uh, some of those single barrels that we've had on our journeys. Oh, it's getting brighter and even more delicate with time. But tons of flavor delicate. Not, It's not soft. It's just... Oh, man. This... <clears throat> yeah, this is a really difficult one for me to grasp in terms of distillery. I mean, there was, it crossed my mind, Tobermory, you know, just because I've had some that have this kind of profile. Uh, but then it could also be a Highland. Uh, or, you know, I, I don't really feel Speyside with this at all. But, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, and I, I'm not going to say Kleinleash, even though, who knows. I but, could see that, though. I mean, because not all Kleinleash is super waxy. Right. I could totally see that. I don't know. I I I am gonna go more with like a cleaner. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. <clears throat> this is tough. Uh, again, who knows? It could maybe it's from some other part of the world. <laughs> Australia, <laughs> Tasmania, <laughs> New World. I gotta throw it all out there. <laughs> I don't think it's Irish. 
I don't think it's Irish, but I could be wrong with that too. <laughs> um, and I don't think it's North American by any means. Uh, no, but, it's not bourbon. <laughs> um, well, single malt. Oh. Um, I don't know. Yeah, let's just... Reveal it. Yeah, let's yeah. just reveal it. I'm going to say Highland Scotch, single malt, 55% ABV. I'm going to say it probably has at least good 10 years on it um, <laughs> as a single cask. Oh, how old do you think it is? At least 10. Okay. Because it's got some softness to it as well, mm -hmm. even for higher proof. It doesn't seem too young, but it could be. It could, I mean, but I, I don't know. I mean, if I were to guess, I would say at least eight to ten years old. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know distillery. It's that's too hard. That's hard. I, that's I mean, hard. maybe it's Royal Brockla. Royal Brockla. Which I, <laughs> I do with. own a lot of Royal Brockla, so that's not a bad guess. <laughs> or maybe it's Scapa. Oh, Scapa. So I'll, I'll reveal it yes, then. Yes, please. Okay. So. Charles knows, but I I don't know this this year so far has gotten off a little bit slow for me. I felt a little bit like a slug. I mean, we've gotten a lot done. It's been busy, some travel events, but I just haven't really been able to kind of kickstart it. I haven't been feeling quite myself. So I thought we both deserve from all of our hard work of our first full year of 2022. This is and happy 23. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and I also have a lot of two ounce, you know, whatever, two, three ounce sample vials that people, and I know you do too, that people have given me throughout the years that oh, are super special. This is an older one. Super special. And I am 90. Wow. I was way off. 97% sure you did not give this to me. It did not look like your handwriting or something. No. That, so whoever gave it to me, I thank you so much. I think I know who it was, but um, wow. I'm not sure. But it's like been sitting there. Something? And it was, I was like, Charles and I have earned this thing. Yes. It. We Damn have it. earned good. I mean, all of well, our whiskey's good, yeah. but we deserve Damn, it. Damn, I wish I didn't finish it now. We are working hard. <laughs> no, I did give you the majority of it, Damn. though. Because you've complained about that in the past. <laughs> I didn't give you enough. But um, so this is. Is this an older Boonahaven? This is a 22 year old Chieftain's single cask oh. of Rosebank. Oh, shit. Damn. <laughs> Sorry. So get that last drop wow. out of yeah, there. I haven't had too many. But you were especially not an older one like that. Outside right? of age, so it's a lowland. Um, so okay. that's why you were getting. You know, it's not yeah. heavy. It's but it's a lot going on. Um, Fifty percent ABV, well, okay. and I wasn't too far away on that. it is um, finished in a sherry butt. Okay. So you definitely had the the sherry cast. It's the old Chieftain's label. Wow, it's, thank you. Um, that's awesome. I thought we deserved a treat. Yeah, I've only had a couple of rose banks. One of them was in Japan that was hiding on a shelf somewhere, and uh, that was beautiful. But yeah, no, I haven't I mm -hmm. haven't really um, been So whoever pretty. gave it to me, thank you so yeah, much. I think I've been special. carrying it around wow. for a while. Wow. Thank um, you, Holly. But I've, we've earned it. That doesn't so. compare to the whiskey I brought with me in case it was my turn. To no, it's a, it's a mix, right? It should it should be really Actually, odd whiskey. Wasn't too bad, but it's not about the yeah, yeah, yeah. well. Quality is important always when well, you're drinking. Well, last time but I did bring a decent. That talisker was awesome. Yeah. Um, 
So yes, and now no one will listen anymore because we've revealed the, the blind tasting, but a little bit of news. I was recently in out in Denver for a couple days and visited Leopold Brothers and a newer distillery called Telnua, which if you like Irish pot still whiskey, this is, you need to go to Denver. You need to go to Ireland and then you need to go to Denver. Uh, so if you like red breast or green spot, yellow spot, all those, tealing pot still, they are making true to Irish rules pot still style whiskey and it is really good. I, I keep meaning to bring it in for you to taste, Charles. Uh, I bought a couple bottles too that are going so to be on their way to So they have regular bottles out? Just available in Colorado. Okay. So they are like not... Like three year... Yeah, up to five years. Okay. Um, so different maturations. Uh, they have a blend as well. So making some, you know, really true to Irish style. But just like some other states, New York, Texas, Colorado has just in the past two or three years exploded mm -hmm. as a hot spot for whiskey production, which makes sense because they've been good brewers yeah. for a long time. Um, and so <clears throat> we just wanted to talk a little bit about the, the Colorado whiskey scene. Yeah, um, last night, and we forgot to mention this, but we do have another new bottle um, that came to the shop, which is Laws. Um, oh, it yeah. It is their Colorado. experiential barrel, uh, which is kind of a weird name, but whatever. Um, I did bring this with me last night to the tasting I did at Henry Street Tap Room, and wow, it's incredible and what it what it um brought up which we talked about this for a while last night is you know you, you have to think about um all of these states are trying to create their own identity right so we have here in new york we have the empire rye category you know texas has their own kind of vibe going with their flavor profiles um you know northwest this has, you know, with mm -hmm. Westland and Woodville. American Single and Malt is kind of their Works thing. And yeah. All of that going on, Bainbridge. Um, you know, they're all they're all creating their own identities and Colorado is doing the same thing. And um, however, there are different styles in Colorado as well. But when you think about Leopold and the kind of their old school uh, you know, very uh, brewing approach, mentality, you know, yeah. Um, and then you look at, you know, um, some of these others and now Talnua. Uh, but but Laws had this barrel, and it's just a single barrel, and there were only 168 bo bottles that came out of this barrel. But um, it brought up this interesting thought process. Okay, they're at altitude, right? Denver, mile high, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, Laws with this barrel, their barrel entry proof was 96.7, mm -hmm. below 100. Now, we know Leopold... Uh, has put a lot of their whiskey in at 100. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure about, you know, some of these other uh, Stranahan's and Breckenridge and all that. But what it made me wonder was, and again, only 168 bottles came out of this barrel. Um, and they added the water up front. Right? And the final proof. Right. And the final yeah. proof, uh, well, it came out at 107. They bottled at 105. So, But it went up. It yeah, went which up. Which is not which normal. Is, um, it's normal for Colorado, but... Yeah, well, I mean, it's normal in Kentucky to an extent as well. Typically, um, they lose. Well, they go up and then they lose. So that I mean, first period of time, they, I mean, think about those like hazmat bottles. Those don't go in at hazmat. Those are Yeah, but they're putting hazmat. them in a specific area in sure, the rickhouse. Sure, that too. But here was my question or here was our thought was like, 
because you're adding so much water at the beginning instead of diluting it at the end which is more common um, and because of the mile high altitude you know it does the evaporation of the water that's in the barrel happen at a faster pace because it's water you know I know angel share is angel share but it, when you're adding that much water at the beginning to bring the proof down to a certain point and you're at a mile high uh, range does that lead to fewer uh, bot bottles coming out of the barrel because of more evaporation because of the water that's being added up front and well, I don't I mean, know if the answer they to obviously this. lost water and some alcohol probably too but they obviously lost water for it to go up in ABV well and and come out at a 168 bottles right out of a barrel that maybe would normally get 200 bottles yeah how old was it seven years yeah I mean it's pretty old though too I actually it would is. think there'd be less but I don't know. It just it made me wonder. Yeah. Maybe we need to look into that more. We need more. to talk to them like, about what why does they altitude that? really do, and yeah. and and what does barrel entry proof? Well, and they're have probably that studying well. that because like, I know at Leopold they have a Dunnage earthen right, warehouse, right. and they even say. I mean, Scott even said that you, we put it in. We barrel proof barrel entry point is you know hundred proof. And it comes, comes out, out around that. Right. And we we don't actually know exactly why it just hovers there. I mean, Dunnage, okay. But why do other, you know, well, there's still, altitude? I think, like, I, mean, I know. But this, I, I think they're probably trying to all figure that out and have their own. Because typically laws we see at a crazy <laughs> high proof. You know, right. some of their other expressions right. where clearly they so went in a high. this is obviously a different... They went, yeah, Um, and we loved it, so there's definitely something. I don't know, it just made me wonder, since we're talking Colorado, like what does altitude or barrel entry proof, how does that change, you know, the whiskey in Colorado specifically? Well, and I think it's great that now all of these questions are going to be really push to the limit because it's not just Kentucky running the show anymore. You know, where you have a slight range in barrel entry proof, you're all in the same general region, tried and true. I mean, now there's a lot of questions. And then also they're using a lot of heritage grains in Colorado as well. So you're definitely getting different flavor profile from those. Mm -hmm. Um, The Abruzzi rye. And a lot are using different yeasts because they're brewers. Yeah. So. Um, well, it's definitely, they have a website and they have a distillery trail and it showed 62 distilleries wow. <laughs> and they're all actually, a lot of them are pretty close to Denver. So I guess you could make a proper trail out of it. Um, I the, have heard of that one you mentioned earlier, Golden Moon. Yeah, Golden Moon. I I don't think I've tasted it, but I think I've seen it. Yeah, I think I've seen some good stuff about them too. Um, yeah. Old Elk, we just actually oh, yeah. met with great. Old Elk. Um, yeah. Leopold Stranahan's is kind of the OG, the yeah. Colorado Breckenridge. single malt. Laws, <laughs> Telnua, 291 has been really hot with single barrels. Yeah. So definitely, I mean, who doesn't want to visit Denver? Right. <laughs> and it's really great whiskey and I mean, a mix of bourbons, ryes, and single summer, malt. I mean, there's yeah. plenty to do in Colorado. You know, that's how I felt about going out to Washington and Oregon, too, was like, this isn't too bad. I think I need to do a Colorado tour. Yeah, you should. Rascal and Thorn goes to Colorado. Yeah, and then end in Utah at High West. That's pretty far away. <laughs> I know, just while you're out there. I don't want to drive that much. <laughs> Van life. Live the true oh, CO life. Yeah. <laughs>
Yeah, no, that would be, that would be awesome. Really awesome. I mean, they have a great bar scene too. Right, I mean, right, it's right. and it's a great spot. I love yeah. going out there. So, all right, I think we're okay. good. Yeah. We're good with all that. So we'll see you in April. <laughs> no, oh, we'll wait, see no, you sorry. before then. Sorry. Yes, we'll see uh, you next week. We're not gone yet. How about we do one next week? We'll we really surprise try. everybody. We can try. Yeah. They're like, well, what do you have new to talk about? We always have something to talk about. Really? Yeah, we typically okay. talk okay. about a lot of things, I think. <laughs> we'll talk about our barrel craft t- uh, spirits tasting next week. Yeah, maybe we'll, yeah, we'll pick a new world. Another phenomenal distillery. tasting with just incredible mm-hmm. whiskeys. All right, we're going to head out. If you're okay. in Saratoga, come visit us. Yes. And if not, we'll see you online and, or on Instagram. And if you have a friend, buy them a gift card. All right, sounds good. See ya. <laughs> Bye. Bye.